Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
thank you, Lord God, for your blessings. We thank you, Lord Father, for everything that you have done, everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord Father. Father, we ask that you continue, Lord God, to just show us your truth, Lord Father. Reveal it to us by your spirit, Lord Father, that we may see everything that you desire for us to see. Father, we bless you right now, Lord God, and we thank you for being our God, Lord. We thank you, Lord Father, because it was only through you and your love, Lord God, that you sent your Son to save us, Lord Father. Father, we thank you for the promises that you have given us. Our spiritual house can be complete, Lord Father, because you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. Father, we bless your name right now because we love you, Lord, and we honor you, God. And we thank you, Lord, because we know that in all things is in your hands, Lord Father. Father, we thank you for our Lord and Savior. We thank you for our Lord and Savior, Lord God, Jesus Christ, who we believe, Lord God, rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father. We believe, Lord God, that you have sent him to bring us the kingdom, Lord Father. And we thank you, Lord God, for that. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your justice, your mercy, your kindness. We thank you, Lord Father, because you have revealed us to ourselves. And then we don't like what we see. Father, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um... We have a lot of things going on, so I just want to thank you for tuning in and joining in. Um, this teaching, actually, I've been studying on this for weeks, weeks and weeks, and it just it just continues to amaze me how God's Word is just truly awesome and how it's meant for us. You know, but the question that we're going to ask tonight and we're going to answer is, uh, can a believer be possessed with a demon? Can a believer be possessed with a demon? Um, I've searched the scriptures and I can't, can't find any place where a believer, now listen what I'm saying, I'm talking about a believer, that a believer can be possessed by a demon. It's, I just can't find it. We see many cases where uh, believers have casted out demons, but it was never with another believer. So, so there are some questions that I have concerning that, and the study that I'm going to do is probably going to take another one. So we'll do a Is Your House Haunted Part 1 and a Is Your House Haunted Part 2 or 3, however far along the Holy Spirit wants us to go. But there are, are, are ministries that, that are devoted to casting out demons in a church, in church. So so I think that our definition of church one is off because we're using that, that domicile as the church, and it's not. You know, I've read scriptures, and I know you guys read scriptures, where it says that um, at first, in order for you to be a believer, you have to repent and believe, repent and believe. You know, one couldn't come without the other. You couldn't be a believer without having first repented. You couldn't experience freedom if you were not a believer. So there are some things that we need to understand, even through the Scripture, that Scripture is clear. And if we believe in the Scriptures, and we believe what Christ said, and we believe the message that he sent, these things that I'm going to reveal to you today is going to be amazing. We're going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 through 18. And it says, And what chord... Have Christ with Bilal, or what part 
have he that believeth when an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Excellent scripture. But it's talking about separation. It's talking about how can a person that consider themselves a believer carry so much darkness in their lives, even after claiming they accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? How is it that we gather in a house of believers and have to cast the demon out in that midst? That demon shouldn't even be able to sit through the true word of God. I had an experience one time, and um, it was it was early on when I uh, first began the ministry and preaching and things like that, and then I began to see uh, um, different people, and I, I witnessed this one person, whereas the closer that I got, they ducked behind someone else. And they couldn't even face me. And then when I walked away, they came back out. And then when I walked to them again, they ducked behind someone else. And it was just amazing. And I, I sat there and I was, the spirit was saying, demons can't be in the presence of the word of God. They can't sit through the presence. So... That's not the only thing that, you know, happened, you know, while ministering and things like that. But I often see that we have turned the church into a house of irreputes. A house of irreputes means that we accept all kind of sin in this building and amongst us. Now, this is totally different that, that like Paul said, I didn't say that don't go around anybody that has sin in their life. He said, if any man consider himself a brother and do these things, covetous, uh, greedy, uh, haughty, high-minded, boastful, proud, he said, don't even eat with them. That's what the scripture says. So, so when we sit there and we start to understand that's what the scriptures say, then why do we continue? Now, you can have the argument to say, well, we know that we're the church, and this building is not the church, so what we're doing, we're gathering and giving the non-believers the word of God and casting out demons in them, but that's not what the word says. The word says, go forth. So why does a person that considers themselves a believer often carry so much darkness? See, we can simply say that the reason is that we keep doing what we're doing is because we don't understand God, his direction, or his word. We don't understand Christ. We don't understand what the minister says. We don't understand what the Bible says. And God's not through with me yet. Or God meets you where you are. And a whole plethora of other cliches, doctrinal theories, interpretations, or selective reasonings. We can have a whole host of things that we can say of the reason why we don't study or why we don't 
adhere to the word of God or why we don't believe in what Jesus said. What is more to it than that? I'm, I'm telling you through the scriptures. I'm going to read Romans chapter 7, what Paul said. And I had to study this out for weeks. This, this scripture is, is really awesome. Romans chapter 7, 17 to 25, and a lot of people have read it before, um, and I've heard people even minister about it, but they were telling me that this is saying that we're not perfect and, and we sin every once in a while. It says, now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do, that for the good I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law. In my members Warring against the law of my mind And bringing me into captivity To the law of sin Which is in my members O wretched man that I am Who shall deliver me From the body of this death I thank God Through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I love that scripture. I like how it reads. It just, it reads so, so good to me. I, I just really like that. But here's the thing. Paul is talking about a pre-existing illness, not a present condition in sin. He's talking about a pre-existing illness, sin. Not a present condition, in sin. He's talking about a pre-existing illness. But he's talking about the law, which, you know, a lot of people don't really understand. Um, even in that scripture, Paul is, in fact, talking about the law. He's talking about how the law didn't have the ability to save us, but yet the God recognizes the fact that we continue to battle sin every day. Now, battling sin every day is different when you're already saved. When you're already saved, it reads a little bit differently because you know that sin then becomes a choice. Paul said, should I continue in sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. So we have relied on grace in order to save us 
from the present sin that we're in. And that's not what the that's not what the intention of the scripture uh, was. See, a believer's present condition is a choice, not because they lack understanding, reason, or logic, or God's not finished with them yet, or they have not uncovered some something that they're looking for. Because there are two things, three things that we're going to talk about today. That's in reference to can a believer be possessed with a demon? Once a believer has confessed, which is very important. The re- okay, let me get this is getting good already. Let me let me do this. The reason why you confess your sin is because it can no longer be held against you if people know what sin you were in, were in, were in. Confess your sins one to another. It does not mean the religious sense where you stand up and you have to tell your sin to everybody in the church or to the pastor or anything like that. But even when it comes to anything, when it's dealing with sin, if you recognize it, you can't go any lower except to do again what you already know. Okay, you got to understand what I'm saying. Except you do what you already know. So if you know that thing that you're about to do is a sin, you as a believer have the choice not to do it. Because that present condition, living in sin, is not with you. That doesn't mean that you can't be troubled, that you can't uh, 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 um, be be tempted or or, or anything like that. That's not what they're saying. Because you understand and you know that one thing you're not willing to give up your salvation for. See, people sin because they want to sin. Or they're a faker, non-believer, or scam artist. Having a form of godliness but lacking the power thereof, which is scripture. So what does that make the church? What does that make the church? Now, now the Bible is clear about the church, which a lot of people don't really believe and understand. The, the church was not supposed to be a sick house. The church was supposed to be pure. They went out into the world, had preached to people, they repented and believed, and came to the church as part of the church. Now you can look at the scripture with the wheat and the tares, and it's talking about the present world. It's talking about the world. It's not talking about the church. It's talking about the world. Having a form of godliness but lacking the power thereof. So are we teaching people to be pro-choice and to be okay with their state? That eventually you're going to be free. But right now you just need to keep praying. Or, or you have a person amongst believers, and all of a sudden, here, do you realize that in the Bible there are cases where Jesus cast out demons of people? But then, remember the scripture where it said that the demons cried out when they saw Jesus? They, they hollered and said, please don't destroy us before our time. Casting out demons was a power that was given by God to Christ and given to us. That's not saying that we can't go out and cast out demons out of people. It's not saying that. But but the question that I'm asking is what 
has become of the church. Well, what are we teaching believers about aborting the fetus of Satan, sin and death, and move to choose life in Christ, repentance, freedom, and life? In Luke 4.43, he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities, for therefore I am sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. So why do we continue to perform? I said perform. The same parlor tricks, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Friday after Friday, Tuesday after Tuesday, or whatever day of the week that we continue to perform these acts of the law. Oh, you're not hearing me. This is good stuff. See, two questions one would have to ask, and this is it. Are we teaching what we're supposed to teach, which is the kingdom of God? Matthew 10, 5 and 7. These 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles or to any other city in Samaria, Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And two, is your church filled with believers? It's supposed to be. Remember, it said, go out and preach, thus keeping the church intact and void from the outside influences. Now, there always are going to be uh, people that try to press into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God suffers violence and a violent ticket by force. We're not the violent, but there are violent people, even when it came to the seven sons of Sceva, when they said, Paul, uh, give us. Uh, we we try to cast the demons out. See, this is good stuff. He tried to cast the demons out, and they says, um, "We cast you out by the name of Jesus that Paul knows." Ha oh, ha! And then the demons jumped on them, and they went off uh, crazy and naked, um, running down the street. But they tried to cast out a demon out of uh, Jesus that Paul knew. Not who they knew. But now looking at that scripture, Matthew chapter 10, 5 and, uh, through 7, um, Jesus said, don't go to the Gentiles or any other city. Why Why would he say that? Why, why did Jesus not want them to preach the kingdom of God to everybody? Did he not want them to be free too? Did he not want them to understand it? Because don't it say in Second Peter 3 and 8, but, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord in a thousand, as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that anyone should perish, that all should come to repentance. Isn't that what the scriptures say? But let's put everything in perspective. Let me give you a hint of what the church is supposed to look like and why a believer cannot be possessed with a demon. Looking at that scripture, the children of Israel had to come first. They had to come first. That, that, that was the order. He had to first bring the promise. Just see, this is getting good already. He had to bring the promise that he promised Abraham first to the children of Israel. And we're going to read that scripture too. But 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 simply because the promise was given to them first, but they rejected him. They rejected him. 
Y'all read the scriptures. Y'all know Jesus crucified. They rejected him, and they, they, that wasn't the Jesus they was looking for because the Jesus that they was looking for was coming to restore them the power, was going to give them back the riches, which is what made them fall. This is good. Romans chapter 11, um, 11 through 24, tells us why they fell. Read that whole thing, but I'm, I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. Romans 11, 11, and 12. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. Now let the fall of them be the riches of the world. And the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. What made them fall? The riches of the world. Pride, covetous, lust of the world, the power, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, to be equal with the world, to have this power, to be pompous, to walk around in the marketplace and have their name called, to, to, to take the, the, the uppermost rooms at the feast. And Matthew, y'all read Matthew? We talked about this, the kingdom of God. But that's what they wanted, but that was their fall. Because they wanted to keep it. That's why Jesus said it's easier for a camel to jump through the uh, eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because most of the rich people that have are not willing to give up anything to help someone else. They start to justify why their hands are closed. Yet they ask God for more so they can bless somebody, but when it comes to blessing somebody, they don't have it. Then they want to talk, throw words around. Oh, a guy gives you discernment and all these things. That's why I rode past the homeless man. That's why I didn't give the person that needed help help. That's why I didn't give it to them. Now, we use all these things as justification to keep what we have. But see, here's where people mess up. See, they make songs about it. The blessings of Abraham, you know, they make the songs about it and all about these promises, these promises, these precious promises, and God is not slack, as it said, concerning his promise. So what is the promise? Now, a reason why I read and had to include the fact that in Matthew chapter 10, 5 through 7, Jesus said, don't go to the Gentiles or into any other city of the Samaritans. There's a reason why I said that. Because that plays a big part in what keeps a non-believer or those that claim to be believers as an infidel. Wow, this is good. This is good. This is good. See, here, here, here's what people mess up. Here are the promises. There were three promises given to Abraham. And I'm going to read Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now let's, let's look at these promises. The first was a land promise. 
from Abraham to the children of Israel. The second was the nation promise. I promise you that you're going to be a great nation from Abraham to the children of Israel. But now read the scriptures about that third promise. That third promise was a spiritual promise. And it says, and in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What we don't like to think about or we don't like to understand is the last promise, the spiritual promise that all the families of the earth shall be blessed with this spiritual promise. Think about it in this reference to Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew 10, 5 and 6. These twelve, Jesus sent forth, commanding them, say, Go not unto the way of the Gentiles, and to the Samaritans, and don't enter not, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now watch this. Oh, this is good. The Gentiles and the Samaritans already had land, and they already had a nation. So why would the promise include them if they already had land and they already were a nation? See, see, see? That's why you got to be careful. See, we like to lay hold to a promise that may not have been given to us. But yet we preach and we teach about going and standing on this land and it's yours and go name and claim this house and it's yours. But then, guess what? It's just like society today. We live in a microwave society to where we don't want to wait for anything or work for it either. We don't want to wait. We don't want to work. But when you don't work, let's look at the microwave. Since I mentioned it, when you put your food in the microwave, it zaps it quick, but it also zaps some of the nutrients out of it. Because you didn't take the time to cook it properly. All oh, this is good stuff. So while a microwave is convenient, this is good. It's convenient. It may not necessarily be healthy. So when we preach and we take itsy bitsy pieces of the Word of God and apply it just like they applied it back in the Old Testament or or or, or lack in the New Testament, which separated the believer from the infidel or the believer from the other non-believer. See, these misguided beliefs have taken the coming of Christ as not fulfilling the law or the prophecy. All this is good, just like the promises. So while we sit back and wait for Jesus to be crucified again, so that we can get the promise of land, and we can get the promise of uh, of, of being a nation, a great nation. Um, we 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 don't look at it as those have already been fulfilled, just like the law and the prophecy. When you look at the Old Testament, so many people are still seeking at the fulfillment of the law and the prophecy, which have already been fulfilled. So while the focus today for the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, there is little to no emphasis placed on learning or understanding the kingdom of God. How important is that? Because the kingdom of God, when it tells us that to matter of fact, let's go ahead and read, let's go to second let's go to Second Timothy. No, no, let's do this. No, let's go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy three, one through seven. 
This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort, they which creep into houses and lay and lead captive women, silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They, they can't see or won't see the truth. They can't come to the knowledge of truth because they can't understand it because what they're still searching for, which has already been fulfilled, which is the same thing that they rejected Christ for in the first place. So in a sense, what we're doing is teaching people to reject Christ. We're teaching them to reject the word of God, the true word of God, the kingdom of God. We're teaching people to reject it. We're teaching people to not listen to it because we want people to chase after money and power. We never look at it as it should be. Oh, this is good stuff. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Matthew 17 uh, one matter of fact, I got to go back to Luke four forty three again. He said, "I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities. That's why I was sent." I said this a long time ago. We're looking at two different aspects. Jesus said he was sent to preach the kingdom of God, which is the will of God. I came to preach and teach you about the will of God. I came to preach and teach you and let you know that God is in control. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. Oh, this is good. Matthew 17, 1 through 13. Now remember, what does this have to do with a believer being possessed? If you don't repent and believe, you are not a believer. Oh, this is good. Watch this. Matthew 17, 1 through 13. And after six days, Jesus take Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up onto a high mountain, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him, the law and the prophet, Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophet. Then Peter said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, see, see, it's not that Peter didn't love him. It's he was excited. He wanted to build something. Hey, look at this. It's good for us to be here. Let's build something. Let's, let's go build a church, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let's go build three altars. Let, let's build three. Oh, this is good stuff. Let's build three. Let's build one for the law, one for the prophet, and one for you, Jesus. But while he was still speaking, 
a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face, they were afraid. And Jesus came up and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they lifted their eyes, they saw no man except Jesus. The law and the prophet had passed away. It was fulfilled. This is good. The law was fulfilled in Christ because what the law could not do, the spirit could do, which means that the law had to be performed over and over and over and over again. Every single time an infraction was made. So the law, in fact, like we think the Ten Commandments wasn't fulfilled, they were fulfilled. We we think that actually with all the, oh, it, it, it only applies to a portion of it, not all of it. No, the law was fulfilled when you accepted Christ. That means that it doesn't matter what you, let me put it this way. If you're riding down the street in a 60-mile-an-hour zone and you're doing 55, do you have to worry about the police? I'm not talking about all them other issues. that Oh, I'm black and I might get, nope, got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. If you're doing 55 in a 60 and there's a police officer with a radar gun on the side, do you have to worry about the law? No. But now if you're doing 65, if you're doing 70, you have to worry about the law. So you would have to do something to slow it down. But when they woke up or when they lifted their eyes, they didn't see anybody. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus told them, don't tell anybody what you saw until the Son of Man be risen from the dead. He had to have two or three witnesses. Remember the Bible says, by two or three witnesses, Oh, y'all not getting this. This is connecting, this connecting. And the disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elijah must come first? See, they were looking for the prophet. They were looking for the prophet. They were looking for the prophet. We run everywhere to look for a prophecy. Somebody prophesied in my life. I had somebody email me one time and said, um, Who's the prophet of your house? You got to explain that to me because I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, every church is supposed to have an in-house prophet. Really? Show me that in the scriptures. I think he got mad at me because I didn't hear from him again. But it says, why then say the scribes that Elijah must come first? And Jesus answered unto them and said, Elijah truly shall come first and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah has come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise, also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he was talking about John the Baptist. They killed John the Baptist. They killed the prophet. Oh, my God, this is good stuff. They killed him and beheaded him, and he was trying to lay the way 
for Christ. Remember he said, there's somebody coming after me that I ain't even worthy of. Oh, this is good stuff. See, this is why a believer cannot be possessed by a demon. Let's rewind. Back up. We, we know what Paul said in Romans 17 through 25. Now, he was speaking about the law and the fact that since it had to be performed, I said performed, second time I said performed, over and over again, it cannot be saved. It cannot save, man. Romans 8, 3 and 8. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Didn't Paul say that in Romans 7, uh, uh, 17 to 25? It said that that what I would do, but the evil was dwelling in, in what I would not that I do. Now, if I do that what I would not, it is no more that I do, but the sin dwelleth in me, I find then a law. Oh, this is good. Romans 8, 3 through 8. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God setting his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So why do we perform over and over again? Knowing it can't save? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going I'm to I'm live an example of this. Watch this. I, I was baptized about five different times. Because every time I would mess up, I would go run to another church and, and, and get baptized again. I go mess up again, I come back and find another church and you get baptized again. I would get baptized over and over again thinking that one of these times it's going to take. But I was never baptized with the Spirit. So the things that I was housing inside me was not because I didn't love God. I didn't know God, which made me an unbeliever. Because I could not believe that this could happen. I did not believe it. So what we got to understand is when it comes to uh, 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 being a believer, the Bible tells us that we have no place. With darkness. It tells us that when we have crucified our flesh, that doesn't mean that we can't be tempted or anything like that, but when we do it, when we, we are tempted, we immediately realize that it was a temptation and we start repenting, even though we didn't do anything, even though the Bible does say that you can you can sin in your thoughts, 
But, but we, we, we capture, we, we grab it. We grab it. We, we don't stay there. We don't continue to live in sin. We don't continue to live in sin. So that grace may abound. When we start to understand God's word and God's scripture, we know exactly about what it means for us to live that way. And we don't like it. Because we know that sin separates us from God. Sin says, the Bible says, that, that we have no part in the kingdom of God. Romans 6 and 1, what do I say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How, how shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized also into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be planted in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead in sin is freed from sin. And, he, and, and if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Knowing that Christ be raised from the dead, dieth no more, death has no dominion over him. For he that died, he died unto sin once. But that he that liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves, be dead indeed, indeed, unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that you shall obey it and the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not, sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants, ye are to him ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Wait a minute, I got another one. Here we go. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6 and 6. If they shall fall away. Now, as a matter of fact, let me back up. I got to back this up again. Because we need to be talking about what it means to, to understand the principles of the doctrine of Christ. What it means to be part of the kingdom of God. What it means to, 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 to no longer be held through sin. 
Hebrews chapter 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, listen to this, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and the laying of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permits. You can't pass an anointing to somebody else. This is about God. For it is impossible for those. (laughs) Oh, my God. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers in the Holy Ghost. It is impossible. That don't mean that you ain't going to mess up. It's not what that's saying. This is good. This is good stuff. See, the land promise has been fulfilled. The nation's promise has been fulfilled. And the spiritual promise is now and yet to come. Did you hear in the last scripture? Did you hear, hear it? It's now and yet to come. Do you want to read that again? Let's read that again. Okay, let's read that one again. It says, for it is impossible those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away right now, to renew them unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, realize what he did. Wow, this is good stuff. This is good stuff right here. This is good stuff. The promise has been fulfilled. The land promise has been fulfilled. The nation promise has been fulfilled. But the spiritual promise that was not given to us because we were the Gentiles and the Samaritans. That was us. We had to be grafted in. Notice how the Old Testament testified of the coming of the kingdom. Daniel, remember Daniel and Daniel's dream? Then Jesus has come on the scene and he reiterated the kingdom of God, saying is it at hand. And all the scriptures continue to tell us that we wait for the coming of a kingdom. So what does this have to do with believer being possessed by demons? Everything. Matthew chapter 12, where it talks about uh, Jesus about deliverance, he was speaking before the cross and was referring to a wicked generation, not the church. So my point is, born-again believers 
who have repented of the past sins, confessed it, and truly surrendered their lives to Jesus cannot be possessed by a demon. See, demons prey on the weak. They, 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 they have dominion over people. Remember the God of this world blinded those that believe not. See, there are people that's doing it because they think it's okay to do. That's the world we live in today. That's the world we live in today. It's okay to do because it's pro-choice. The schools teach our children pro-choice. Oh, it's okay if you want to be uh, uh, gay or anything. It's okay. I know the Bible says that, but don't worry about that. You be who you want to be. If you're casting out demons out of believers, then the person who attempted to cast the demon out is not a true believer. Even if they believe, they believe. It means that what we have done is mixed the holy with the profane, the light with the dark, and created a new doctrine and religion. Knowing that 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 is talking about marriage, but if you keep reading, it also says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 15, and what concord has belong, Christ with belong. And I'm almost done. Oh, my God, this is good stuff. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? Now, I know that that's talking about marriage. I understand that that's talking about marriage. But sometimes we get hooked up with unbelievers and believing that it's still of God. Then we got to go to another scripture where it says, don't divorce the unbeliever. You let your light shine unto him. But you wouldn't have to go through that. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning, all things that were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the shining in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness didn't understand it. The darkness can't understand light. And the last scripture I'm going to read to you is one we talked about um, probably last Thursday or the Thursday prior, Romans chapter 8, 19 through 23. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of the corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, that's us, we even ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to, to, to wit the redemption of our body. We have been redeemed. 
but we all got room to grow. Love and understanding. Not about yourself, but about Christ. So when we continue to confess our words daily, when we continue, that means it, this should you should not be sitting there going, I remember what you did. You need to just go do that again. See, that, 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 that's not a believer. A believer cannot be possessed by demons. It cannot. It simply cannot be possessed by demons. Because we are believers. Amen, amen, amen. Mm, this is good stuff. Anybody got any questions? Any comments? Hey, how you doing, Mark? Hey, how you doing, sir? Doing good, doing good. This is uh, Brother Steve. Listen, um, I hear what you're saying, and that's some real good stuff. Yeah, that's some real good stuff. Um, I believe I read in your post, I'm not for sure, or if I started reading something else, where um, um, a believer cannot be possessed with a demon. We know that. But can it? But they can be tempted of a demon, correct? Yes. Good okay, point. got you, got you, got you, got you. Yes, you can. Now, we can be troubled. Like Paul said, he was troubled and perplexed. And we right. can be influenced. But that demon, see, we, we have power over the enemy now. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because while you're right, we can be troubled by a demon. Mm-hmm. He can be tempting us on every side. What does the Bible say? We're we're perplexed. Uh, can't remember how that scripture go. But not bound. Um, let me just look that one up. On every side. Now there's a difference between being. Um, here we go. Second Corinthians four eight um, through eighteen. Mm-hmm. Open that up. It says, and wow, that that's some real good stuff. <laughs> it is. It really is. It says yeah. we are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about the body, dying of the Lord Jesus, that life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we that live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, and that that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our, our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. That's a good. That's a that's a great mm-hmm. thing. Yes, yes. See, we can be troubled. We're right, not gonna um, be saying that that we ain't gonna be troubled or that demons just gonna run away from you. See, that's another misconception that people people believe, and I've heard it preached in churches before. Right. I've heard that preached in church before. Yeah. Yeah, so Jesus never left any instructions to cast out a demon out of a believer. He told us just basically to resist the devil. And he'll flee. <laughs> and he'll flee. He Thank said resist the enemy and he will flee. Yeah. Yeah, resist Because the after a while he's going to get tired of tempting you. I can't get nowhere gotcha, with him. Gotcha. Okay. I can't. I can't do yeah. nothing with him. And and it was always. And, and we, if you read the scriptures, it, it talks about how 
the uh, um, resistance is our greatest weapon. Resistance is our greatest weapon, and that's with every front. Even when it comes to temptations and all kind of things like that, if you resist it after a while, you'll you'll say mortify your body. Right. That's a that's a real that's real good, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate the teaching. Anybody else got any questions, comments? I just wanted to add on to what um, to what I guess um, the young man was saying about or asking you in general, but also too um, we ought to resist. But the the more the closer we become to Jesus, the the more spiritually inept we are. The more time we spend with him, and when I say mm-hmm. time, I'm not just referring to just sitting and reading, but we are to we are to look for God's spirit everywhere um, because you can see it. And not that we have to look for it, but when we truly want to learn and understand the things of Christ, understand how God thinks, how he wants us to live, um, that's another way of following Christ. That's another way of learning um, in the things we do whether we're at work, home, uh, in dealings with our family, our friends, um, the Holy Spirit can show up anywhere. And when we long for that, he longs for us to have it. So the closer we are, the closer we become with Christ, he shares that with us. So we no longer have to sit back, wait, pray. We become filled with the Holy Spirit. Once we become filled with the Holy Spirit, that's the difference. That's the complete opposite of being possessed by demons. So when you're so full of the Holy Spirit, the demon, he can't even stay around anyway. Um, so when, Mark, when you gave the scriptures um, how light, um, you know, doesn't fellowship with dark, so on and so forth, but when you're so full of the light, when you're so full of God's spirit, um, it can't stay around. But sometimes, you know, gotcha. but through, through life and then our, 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 our fellowship and, and, and when we follow him, when we, we ponder on him daily and the things, he shows us everything. We, ha- we have to purposely want it. We have to. To me, I look for it all the time. I look to see what I can see in everything that goes on and everything that I see, movies, you name it, and, and you see it. Um, people sometimes hide it. They show it to you in a different light, whether it's in a storybook or, or you know, people don't always talk about it, um, but you can see it um, in a number of things. I find it sometimes even in movies. People put it there, um, and even if it's just a little bit of it, I don't know that people pick up on it, and you may not if you're not – if you don't, I don't know. I, I, I just know sometimes I see it. I'm, I just want to use this as an example. If you've ever watched the movie Lucy, you heard of that movie Lucy? It's old. I think it's about five years old. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes. I know what you're talking about. So, yes. So what happens is, although it's, they use a drug to say that, okay, she, you know, in, a, in other words, she became possessed by this drug or she turned into this type of human or being um, because of this drug, um, that was an example of, you know, the outcome or the result of the movie and how she just became, how it talked about in the movie, how we only use 10% of our brain, this and this and that, and you have animals who use even more more than that, and I believe dolphins was uh, one of them. But how she, people worry about having things, doing things, instead of being. So if you watch that movie again, I encourage everybody to watch it. Watch it again. And you'll see, like, well, you, oh, my gosh, you, so that's right. what the whole thing looks like. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. But if you're not in tune with the scriptures, you mm-hmm. won't catch stuff like that. 
You, you, you. It, it's all over and it's all around us, and and it's, it's visible, but people can't see it. That, that's why the reference is, is, is even with Paul when he was uh, um, when he became when when Saul became Paul, he was he was blinded, but yet he could see, and the other people saw, but they could not comprehend. If you look at a lot of these things, a lot of these good and bad, you can see where a movie is cutting down, uh, trying to downplay Christ, or you can see where people put these subtle hints of Christ in there. And you can actually even see where people go left field. You can see actually see the direction where they're going good first, next you know, oh, wait a minute, you you out there now. You need to bring it back in. But that's an excellent, that's an excellent analogy. Yeah, watch that movie. Watch I'm, that. I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, get, get, watch yeah. it again. It's a really good movie. Yeah, I, I saw some more things than one. in that movie, but I definitely got it. You, you say what? No, I was saying I've seen the movie once, and I caught some things in it. That was years ago, but I got to watch it again now because I know it's more to be seen. There's a lot more movies out there like that, too. There's a yeah. lot that you, you can sit there and see. Um, matter of fact, have you ever watched that? Uh, what's that show? Um, the, the Oprah Winfrey preacher show. Uh, uh, soul something. Super Soul Sunday. Greenleaf. You talking oh, Greenleaf? Greenleaf. Yeah, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Look at the beginning of Greenleaf. If you look at the beginning, what Oprah Winfrey put in there, she was in fact uh, um, showing people the connection between slavery and religion. Not spirituality, slavery and religion. She showed the whole connection. If you watch it, it, it's like, wow. I can't even watch a movie now without seeing something in it. And my kids be like, oh, you always seeing something. I'm like, but it's right there. It's obvious. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Even they though me she... all the time. Oh, you, you can't watch a movie with you no more. So I watch it by myself and get, get and, and, and yell at the TV by myself. <laughs> Anybody else got any questions yeah. or comments? Well, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, we're going to actually pick this back up because there's a whole lot more. But for time's sake, you know, I cut it off. But there is, I've, I've been like I said, the last three weeks. I, I think I've been studying on this. And then um, my wife is going to Florida this weekend, and she said one of the the, um, the one of the young ladies. Um, is going to minister also about the same exact thing was uh, can a believer be possessed and the scriptures tell us no but like you said it doesn't mean that they can't be troubled or or pick that but the resistance will get them out get get them off your back resistance God gives us the power and that's what the that's why some people have this misguided or misunderstood uh, version of dominion and authority because they don't really know what true dominion and authority is. They're still looking for the dominion and authority of the scribes and Pharisees, the one where Jesus rode in and they didn't want Jesus like that. They wanted a Jesus that was going to restore riches and power and glory to them. That's what they were looking for. But then now we got churches all over the world that's trying to attempt to restore riches and glory and power to man. And it doesn't reside with us. It's supposed to be with God. Amen. I sure appreciate you. Yeah. Tara, can you do me a favor? Amen. Amen. Yes, I'm here. 
Can you close us out in prayer? Okay. Father God, we always thank you. We thank you for each and every blessing, each and every um, conference call, each and every gathering that we have, whether we are near or far. We want to pray for a blessful, a wonderful, blissful weekend, Father's Day weekend. We know that although it's one day that we celebrate fathers and mothers and all of these other things that we care about, but we know, Father God, that you are the greatest of all. Jesus, you're the greatest father that we have, and we know that without you, without you, Father God, there's no power. Without you, uh, there's no life. So we, we pray that when we come together and when we do anything for the goodness, Father God, of your glory, for the goodness of the kingdom, from the goodness of our hearts that are righteous to you, Father God, we pray that you, you bring us closer together. You help us do the things we need to see in each other and our families. And we pray, Father God, that you give us the wisdom and the guidance and the strength to close those gaps, Father God, that separate us, that separate the fathers from the home, that separate the fathers from the family, Father God. It is those religious leaders, Father God, that distort your word, Father God, that that truly haven't experienced your power to understand. But it's, Father God, we learn from those people, we learn from their mistakes, and we Father God, have to rise as a people to lead the way you should have us to lead, Father God. So we pray that, Mark, you would continue to speak the Lord's word, Father God, and we pray that we will all continue to hunger, continue to search, to seek after your name, your truth, every single day, Father God, for we will see the light, Father God, in everything. So in all that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. See you guys on Sunday.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.